All right, listeners, how are we living today? Whatever day it is for you. For me, it's a work day. So, these episodes are our Below the Hotline episodes where you can call in 424-272-6640. I have it written down right there just so I don't forget. It's 424-272-6640. You can call in with any question that you got. And if you like these shorter episodes, hit that smash that subscribe button. Um, because uh, we get about 10,000 listeners uh, an episode, and apparently these are the ones that people really love, um, or at least are loving lately, because we're tackling some some of the more ephemeral, contemporary topics that come up at the intersection of tech, entrepreneurship, and creator psychology. So today's episode uh, is brought to you by Magic Mind, magicmind.co. Go to magicmind.co to check out uh, a project that I've been working on for, well, informally seven years now. In the last two years, uh, it's been much more formal, and it is this right here. A little two-ounce matcha nootropic adaptogen mushroom shot. Magicmind.co and use promo code BTL, and I swear to you, this stuff will get you into flow. So... Today's episode, um, I listened to about 10 seconds of this voicemail and I knew I was going to really, uh, really, I think, I thought very confidently that I was going to really enjoy this question. So let's get into today's voicemail. Hey James, this is Jake from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Jake, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, never been there. But it sounds uh, sounds pretty fun. I love tubing down a river. That sounds like a great one to go down onward. I had a question about crypto uh, currency and an argument against it. Uh, now that it's fully in the zeitgeist, uh, one complaint people have or argument being made against it is the energy consumption it takes to mine the Bitcoin. I even saw. Oh, this is such a hot topic right now. It has been for uh, the last three years of the environmental impact of Bitcoin. So it, it, I love that you're asking this, Jake, and excited to dive in with onward. You respond uh, and have a thread in response to Bill Maher's viral anti-crypto rant, where the energy consumption was really the crux of his argument. Uh, could you speak to that? I've heard some crazy statistics thrown out about. Bitcoin mining taking up even more energy than like all the cars put together. I don't know. Great, crazy numbers. Uh, is this a real drawback to crypto? Could you speak how real this is? Uh, can't wait to hear your answer and appreciate what you do. Thanks. Bye. This is a very important question. Uh, it's well, I say important because it's it's just something that people continue to get wrong and use pretty lazy research around. Um, and and then use pretty hyperbolic language um, to make a case. There are many cases you can make against uh, Bitcoin's viability, but the environmental impact angle, which is really hip right now, probably going to gain steam for another year or two until this accurate information that you know I'm about to point you to uh, starts to diffuse this this meme. But um, 
I say it's important because it's just a lot of people are talking about it. I actually don't think it's that important because I just do think it's going to in a year or two. Uh, the reality is going to diffuse this just illusory point that people are taking against uh, cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. I won't go into why it creates such a energy consumptive task to mine Bitcoin, but it's related to a uh, concept called proof of work that requires as more and more Bitcoin are minted, they call it mined, as more and more Bitcoin are mined, then it gets harder and harder computationally to mint more of them. There's about around 2 million left, about 19 million uh, in circulation, Bitcoin in circulation. And um, and Satoshi, or the creator, creators, we don't know, set the limit at 21 million. And so we're getting to the last 2 million, y'all. And in the last 2 million, it's going to require the most computational power to mine these, these last two. The last Single Bitcoin to be mined is going to require exponentially more energy than today. So it just gets more and more consumptive, not linearly, but exponentially. And that is something that people recognize that even 10 years ago, okay, this is going to get pretty energy intense to mine over time. And in 2018 is when this meme of the environmental impact of mining of using the energy to mine this digital thing that's supposed to, it's not even physical, but you gotta you gotta uh, use up a lot of energy to get this digital thing to uh, quote unquote exist. It's become a hot topic for critics of, of Bitcoin uh, in the last three years since 2018, um, and some academics started to come out and say, "Hey, this is something that we're 19 million in, or at that point maybe." 17 or 18 million mined. And so this is going to require an immense amount of energy. Well, it turns out that Bitcoin miners are incentivized to go wherever energy is cheapest. And many of them um, have uh, located their mines, their computational warehouses, or you know, think of like a trailer behind a car, that type of hardware, setting them up, they're setting them up in really low, uh, low-cost energy locations like Xinjiang, China, is is where it's about a third of the mining is coming from Xinjiang, where it is uh, not only cheap because it's in China, and China is already cheap compared to places like the U.S. So the miners move there. You know, you and I, cities themselves, metropolises can't just move to where energy is cheapest, uh, but if you're a miner. Not only can you, but you're incentivized to move where it's cheapest. We're going to come back to that point. Bill Maher went on a rant on his show where he said, cryptocurrency is like Tinkerbell's light. Its power source is based solely on enough children believing in it. And unfortunately, what is real is that its growth could single-handedly push global temperatures above the tipping point of two degrees Celsius. That is a... Uh, encapsulated point on two big critiques on on Bitcoin that you hear pretty often. And I'm not here to proselytize uh, towards um, Bitcoin, uh, but I do want to address two things after building a payments platform for five years and seeing the insanely just archaic duct tape plumbing that currently exists with our financial infrastructure beneath the surface of when you order that thing on Amazon. What happens with your credit card, you think it's instantaneous. It's not instantaneous. There's about 
seven different layers that your quote unquote money passes through. They're all digital, but they're all just layer of layer of archaic, just duct tape plumbing. And Bitcoin comes around. And, and when I started building my company in 2012, and I was like, man, this is like email versus mail. And the current digital version of money is like sending actual mail and then having people scan it and then send that to someone else, transcribing it, typing it up, then sending it to you and you read it digitally. And just imagine every email having that aspect to it. That's what the current financial infrastructure is like. And cryptocurrency was really fascinating because it was built for the digital world. So this isn't a proselytization for, for Bitcoin, but the two critiques of Tinkerbell's light, uh, its power source is based solely on enough children believing in it. Well, Bill, that is the exact same thing for any currency ever created by humans. That is any currency that exists around the world, even if it's backed by gold, even if the currency is gold, that currency still is going to fluctuate based on your belief in whether people are going to value gold or not. You fast forward to the U.S. dollar today and the movement of currency, it's still based on belief. The U.S. dollar is not backed by gold. That part of the critique uh, makes no sense because that is the exact same thing for the U.S. dollar. Enough people believe in it, so therefore it's valuable. If people stop believing in it, the U.S. dollar would not be as valuable if no one believed in it wouldn't be valuable at all. And if the whole world believed in Bitcoin, that thing would be worth $20 million per Bitcoin. Today, it's at 50,000 because a lot of the world doesn't believe in it. So uh, that price will change as more or as less people believe in it. But the biggest thing that he calls out, and this is quote unquote, and unfortunately what is real is that its growth could single-handedly push global temperatures above the tipping point of two degrees Celsius. And this goes to the biggest misconception about Bitcoin mining that exists today, and that is that it's burning fossil fuels and a Chinese factory just pumping out smoke as people are, quote unquote, printing these non-physical coins. That's a dangerous contrast to think about, especially if the energy required is going to be exponential. However, and you can just Google, if you'd like to Google coin shares, Beware of lazy Bitcoin research. And this is painstaking research that was done in 2018 to combat the beginning of this, this meme. And it went from uh, essentially, and you could read through that, it does such a better job than just the points that I'm going to pull out here to articulate um, the contrast of lazy research and uh, the really hard, it was about 12 months of research to see where the, where the, uh, the energy source is really coming from that are fueling this uh, Bitcoin mining. But it's also in heavy contrast to factories with plumes of smoke and people and their uh, mining equipment uh, minting these digital coins. The data actually showed that 77%, nearly 80% of energy consumption from Bitcoin miners comes from renewables. Not indirectly touching renewables, but directly from renewables climbing from 50% a few years prior. And that figure was in 2018. That figure is likely closer to 85%. It will be at about 90% uh, maybe in the next three, four, or five years. But it is not just partially um, involving renewables, but it's directly from renewables like hydropower, hydro. Something really unique happened in 2019. 
from when this these first reports started to come out of the environmental impact in a mainstream way in 2018 and from 10 years ago when they were first mathematically uh, posited on a you know back of the napkin is that in 2019 renewable energy became cheaper than fossil fuels that is a massive milestone for humanity so this research that I'm pointing to that talks about the 77% is was done before renewables hit this massive watershed moment uh, where they became cheaper. And that's without subsidies. Without subsidization, renewables like hydro and solar are now cheaper than fossil fuels. They're sometimes unpredictable, specifically solar, but hydro is extremely predictable and extremely cheap. Hydro is now a fraction of the cost of fossil fuels in 2021. So cities can't move. Countries like Argentina can't move. Um, but miners can. As renewables continue to be less expensive than fossil fuels, miners continue to seek these sources out, not out of altruism, but out of efficiency. So you will see that 77% from 2018 become 100% as these miners move from Xinjiang to the hydro source. And actually, China has uh, plenty of hydro sources of energy moving right, clustering right next to the hydro source. That's very predictable that is extremely cheap, cheaper than fossil fuels. But the downside of hydro is that it oftentimes is taking place not next to, uh, it just doesn't happen to be right by. Um, every metropolis that would use that energy is not next to a massive river that can generate that hydropower. But the miners can move wherever it is cheapest. And that is why they're, they were already at 77%. Now they're closer to 90%. But eventually, and this is just my guess, in the next uh, five years, it's going to become close to almost 100%. The question then becomes, does this push other energy consumption onto fossil fuels? So they're taking up the renewable, but there's only so much renewable out there. And then are they going to push other things that would have eaten renewable energies uh, to fossil fuels? But that's not the case when they use underutilized and cheap renewables like hydropower that are most powerful, largely where there aren't major metropolises to use it all. And hence, hydropower has massive excesses that do not get used. And lastly, the data set also shows, the data set from 2018 showed that TV consumption, so you and I watching TV, where Bill Maher is making this rant, that that consumes more energy than Bitcoin and far more fossil fuels because you and I are likely in a metropolis that is fossil fuel dependent and we're all watching an average of four hours of TV a day. And so it's consuming massively more by watching things like his show than minting and producing a decentralized currency that is inclusive for anyone around the world to participate in. That is now possible with this uh, extremely free, extremely inclusive um, cryptocurrency technology. So just the fact that he's complaining about this on TV is so sweet. So the irony is so sweet because he should be saying if he cares about this, this result of rising temperatures, he should be saying, turn off the TV, stop watching TV, and know that every time you watch TV, you're contributing to a uh, warmer globe. Hopefully that is helpful for you. And 
for listeners that want to call in with a question is 424-272-6640. It's another episode of Below the Hotline.